2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Believe in the gospel and don't go to hell because you're going to because we're all sinners unless you're washing the blood of Jesus Christ. Elon Musk continues to change, <laughs> continues to make, continues to make news. We're going to be playing a clip. It does include bad language. And I think it's necessary. I think it's necessary because the F word has power. Of course, Elon's F word is not the F word that I'm going to be directing you to. The F word I'm going to be directing you to, by God's grace, is freedom. But before we get to the F word, let's get to Proverbs chapter 20, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 32 and 33. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, Lay thine hand upon thy mouth. Surely the churning of butter bring, bringeth forth butter. Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter. And the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood. So the forcing of wrath bringeth forth, forth strife. You know, I switched to KJV a couple months back because it makes me slow down. And for people that are like, it, it says the ifs and the forths and the these and the thous. Amen. Amen. Makes me slow down. I can't read it because I don't speak King James English. But I switched to the King, King James because I like the manuscript. I like the way that it flows. And I like the fact that it forces me to go slow when I read the Bible, which I think is an important part. But this verse is basically saying, if you've done really bad stuff, if you've lifted yourself up, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. If your mind is on evil, stop what it is that you're about to do. Because just like the churning of milk generates butter... And the ringing of the nose brings forth blood. You punch your nose, you ring the nose, the blood comes out. Using wrath brings forth strife. If you're going to say things that get people stirred up, there's going to be people that get stirred up as a result of what you're saying. So that's what the Bible says. I want to shift, if I can, to Elon Musk and what he was saying yesterday uh, at some New York Times-inspired panel. Yeah, just play it like this. If if you've got if you've got kids, you don't want to hear the f word. Says the f word. Um, anyway, we'll play it. Commentary follows. Go ahead. Online, there was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. Stop. You hope, uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise. No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob. If you're in the audience. Well, yeah, I uh, completely love this clip. Everything about it. The context. The physical responses. The, the, the commentary on where we are as a society. <laughs> I, I, I approve this message. Now, let's, let's start from a biblical view. 
There's bad language in the Bible. There's really bad language in the Bible. There's very bad language in the Bible. There are times when you use satire, insults, and you use bad words to catch people's attention. Sometimes it's necessary to break the pattern, especially if the pattern has been trained to lull you to sleep. Right? It's like a, a frog. Do you want to be a slow boil? Or do you want to be dropped in the boiling pot of water to recognize this is bad? Sometimes language spikes. Now, there will be those people that will say, well, Jaron, if the Bible used bad language, does that give us the grant to do it? First of all, recognize that all language, all words are arbitrary. Words that Jesus says, Matthew 12, 34, from the wellspring of the heart, the mouth speaks. I believe that using a word that curses evil is good. So to use a curse word against evil is righteous in many cases. Now this, speaking about copulation, speaking about sexual activity, it's speaking about, um, you know, an intimate activity. You could break down into that. You know, you would, you would probably be... You would probably be right that it's not warranted. Had it not been for the fact that what's going on right here is that there are evil mega globalist corporations trying to push a you know a, a way of thinking on the world, and the one guy that spent forty-four billion dollars to allow people to say what they want on his platform is experiencing a coordinated boycott of large advertisers, which would be rug pulling the business that he got himself into, and he's gonna say, Yeah, go screw yourself. I I'm on board with that. I think that's an appropriate response. But really what I think Elon is getting at is he's saying that you know people aren't gonna take it. The, the, the response to the tyranny is going to be, God by God's grace, it's going to be a righteous response. I, I will not win this argument. I will not be able to make my case to some people. There will be some people that say, you should never let any perverse words cross your lips. Well, the Bible has in, in, you know, lots of instances where this is happening. And, you know, candidly, Christians who would make that argument, look at the world. Look at where things are. When John the Baptist calls the Pharisees, you brood of vipers, that's, that's a curse word, which is much more uh, powerful than the F-bomb. When Jesus is calling the Pharisees, you, you whited sepulchers, right? When, when, like these insults are much more devastating in the context and the meaning of, of their time than they are right now. And so the powers that be, trying to use power to impose on people yeah go screw yourself which of course i'm going to play the video again but this is more how i saw it there's a public perception that that was part of a apology tour there was advertisers leaving we talked to bob Iger i hope today. they stop you don't want them to advertise no if somebody's gonna try to blackmail me with advertising blackmail me with money go fuck yourself <laughs> go fuck yourself Yeah, the, <laughs> the reporters were spicy. He's like, oh, man, he's speechless. He doesn't know what... You don't want money? And folks, that's really what's going on here. You have someone, Elon, who isn't a Christian, looking at people in, in a business deal, telling them that they're going to try to blackmail him, which is an issue of money, 
to rug pull his corporation to where he would have to ban the speech that they don't want to be, or the corporations who are advertising want speech to be banned. Elon Musk bought uh, Twitter so that free speech could go about. So the people that are going to rug pull and withdraw their advertising dollars to compel Musk to censor the speech they don't want to, he tells them to go screw themselves because he's elevating the freedom of speech more than he is the, the money. So he is rebuking. This is a form of denying the idol of money. He says, go screw yourself. And, and, I, and I, agree, I agree with him. I completely agree with him. Free speech is worth more than your advertising dollars. Free speech is worth more than your advertising dollars. And this is the idol that has to be cast down. You've got money. You've got government. Both of these large idols are being shaken right now. Whether it's the fiat currency that isn't worth as much. Or it's these bullies that have been coordinating for decades. And people are now starting to recognize, you know what? Go screw yourself. Get out of my face. I want nothing to do with you. Leave me alone. And I want the ability to say that. I want to be able to look a bully in the face and say, go pound sand, go kick rocks, get out of here. That's what Elon did. And I believe that he is modeling. This is, this is, this is God using the richest man in the world, the richest, most influential man in the world to repudiate the entire system that's predicated on the gathering, you know, on the, on the gaining of money. Like, think about that. That is what's going on. <laughs> that is what's going on. God is using someone who is not a Christian to indict the entire system that's been corporation-focused, globalist-focused, mercantilism, commerce, money, and he's indicting it on the largest platforms because he owns the largest platforms. How is that for God working? And there will still be people that were like, well, that's not how God works. Listen, I'm fully on board with this. I'm fully on board with this. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 32 and 33. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thine mouth. Put your hand over your mouth and don't speak anything evil. These people that are doing bad things need to be told to shut up, stop talking, stop doing what you're doing, and we're coming. We're coming. Of course, there are two sides to this. This is one uh, timeline that I saw. On the top side, you have people saying Elon Musk wearing his solidarity dog tag, right? The Israel War Room did that. By the way, all these people saying War Room, it's just, it's, it's, it's tropish, it's cliche. Anyway, you've got, and then this guy... Uh, Watcher Guru says, just in, Elon Musk tells advertisers who are trying to blackmail him to go F themselves. Now, of course, the irony here is the advertisers that are telling Elon to go F himself are advertisers that are saying that Elon is anti-Semitic. And so if an Elon is anti-Semitic, the thing that he's wearing around his neck was what he got from a woman who was uh, there with Elon during his trip to Israel that we covered uh, yesterday. So this necklace around Elon's neck is what Elon said he would wear until the uh, lady's family had been returned home. And then he does this media panel where this guy right there on the left, by the which way, you know, not that it matters, but that guy is a Jew. And so that guy is asking Elon uh, about this. And Elon tells everyone to go, you know, pound sand. The issue here, I believe, is freedom. 
I believe the issue is freedom. The power of the F word. The first question is, what's the F word? It ain't that one. It's freedom. The power of freedom is the fact that whenever you are not beholden to the way that the world does things, you will do things a different way. And doing things a different way will show that the way that things are being done doesn't have control over you. That's what Elon's doing. How ironic that a man who doesn't know Jesus, the richest man in the world, buys the largest media platform in the world. Yes, he's probably going to be doing stuff to make money, but when the advertisers tell him, we're going to take our money unless you censor this speech, he tells them, go pound sand. Go do your own thing. Get out of my face. That's freedom. That's using freedom in a way that isn't obligated or under a duty or under the compulsion of money. Now, one could be shrewd and argue that that's him making a money play and endearing people to him. Okay, I get that. I can understand that perspective. But when Apple, Disney, the largest sports networks, when all of these very large corporations start colluding and acting in a cartel manner to withdraw their advertising, which, by the way, is what BlackRock's been doing. BlackRock, this globalist, I believe, demonic organization that has trillions of dollars in its portfolio, has purchased itself at the seat of a lot of these corporate tables. And because it buys enough stock to put its plant at the corporate headquarters, the plant on behalf of BlackRock will say, hey, BlackRock wants y'all guys to start talking about gay stuff. Start putting Satan stuff in y'all's ads for children. Start pushing transgenderism. Start attacking America as racist. Start flooding nations and destabilizing them with a bunch of Africans and people from the Middle East. Start doing that. Because we own sufficient stock that if we pulled out, your company's profits would plummet. And so there is, you know, in a very Israel-like fashion, a Samson option... I say Israel because Israel has is this it's an unspoken truth where they've well I, I don't know if it's true but I have heard people have said Mark Levin has alleged it um, uh, other people have spoken about this idea that each embassy of Israel in each country has a nuke in it and so if Israel has an embassy in your country the Samson option is that if Israel is attacked and is going to be destroyed then Israel's embassy all around the nation in those foreign or all around the world in those foreign nations they would just detonate the nuke it's a conspiracy theory but it's called the Samson option and so in 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 similar style this Samson option for BlackRock is they would just pull their money out of these companies and these companies you know, profits and stock, whatnot, would tank. And so the money-driven corporations, the profit-seeking motive, which profit-seeking motive isn't bad, but if it's the only thing that you do, it becomes your master. This is what Jesus is teaching in Matthew 6, 24. You cannot serve two masters. You will either love one and hate the other. You will despise one and serve the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. When Elon is looking at these people, or this guy, and he's saying these advertisers are going to boycott you, what he says is like, don't spend, don't spend your money. Don't spend your money. I don't need it. I don't want it. That is outside of the liturgy of money worship. 
the idol of this corporate oligarchy, this collusion, this cartel that is going on, where BlackRock is buying seats at the table, the liturgy, the the way of its church service is that when the advertisers say, we're going to pull our money, people say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do whatever you want. What do you, what do you want us to do? And they do it. They acquiesce. They obey. That's the leverage. Elon not obeying, not acquiescing, is him saying, I'm not part of you guys. I'm not wanting what you do. And I believe, I, you know, as, a, as a guy that wants to bend everything back to the Bible, I don't see Elon doing this for biblical reasons. I see Elon doing this because of biblical reasons. So his motivation is not of the Lord, but he's doing it because I believe God is raising people up to shape the world in such a way where people will recognize at the individual level, we can do the same thing. You can do what Elon can do. You can tell people who are evil, unrighteous, bullies, tyrants, people who are peddling a false gospel, people that are uh, oppressing other people, you can tell them to go pound sand. And you should. You should be telling people the truth. You should be preaching righteousness. The gospel is hated in the world. John chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus says, let me find it real fast because I didn't have it pulled up. John chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus uh, is, is being you know, encouraged to go uh, to the feast of the temple, feast of the, the tabernacles. And he says, the world cannot hate you, but it hateth me, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Jesus was preaching to the world that the world's works were evil. When evil is happening, you gotta call it evil. You have to say it's wrong. You have to use the language you have, the talents you have, the manner you have to go against it. You have to. And I believe that's what God is doing through people like Donald Trump, through people like Elon Musk. These people, I don't, you know, Donald Trump has claimed Christ. I don't see the fruit. Elon is not a Christian. Uh, he said that he, uh, what was it, the Babylon Bee interview, he said something about, um, you know, it was Christ had good tenets or something, but he didn't. He obviously, he doesn't believe the gospel. But this, I believe that this is what's happening. The, the freedom that God, God wants, God gives good gifts because he's good. Liberty is something God cares very much about. So, so the people that think, well, you know, we don't win down here. I think that that's a fallacious, non-biblical perspective. I believe that Christ wins everywhere. Now, that doesn't mean name it, claim it, prosperity gospel. We're just going to be able to do whatever we want. It's we are going to endure. We're going to endure trials. We're going to suffer them. We're going to be disciplined. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4 through 11. God disciplines his children. When you are in Christ and bad stuff happens, the way that you respond to that if it's a heart for God or if it's a heart not for God, I believe determines how God is going to build you from that. The world is in a really bad spot. The world is going through a lot of really bad stuff. And look at how God, look how good God is to raise people up who are his enemies to do things and model behaviors to the rest of the world that are righteous against the way that the world is arrayed. I think that's brilliant. I think that's incredibly wise. 
The question is, what is the lesson Christians are going to take from it? How do American Christians respond to this? Because if they see Elon and in the back of their head go, okay, Twitter is owned by us now, and so it's our side that does that. There's a laziness there. There's a seed of laziness and cowardice. Well, Elon does it, so Elon values free speech, so we're going to be good. No. This is the time to go on offense. <laughs> this is the time to push the pedal to the metal. This is the time to invade. You don't just look at Elon, who owns the uh, the biggest platform, tells these guys to go pound sand and say, yeah, we're, we're going good. We, we've got the momentum. We do have the momentum, but we want more. We want more ground. We want everything. Christians want, should, excuse, excuse me, Christians should want everything for the glory of Christ because Christ wants everything for himself. When we see it like that, we can see these ideas that are colliding. I mean, look at the, let's just, again, not to rub it in, we're going to play the initial clip again. When I play the initial clip, look at the um, reporter's response. He's speechless. His mouth, his hand literally covers his mouth. And what did the Bible say? What did the Bible say? The Bible says, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 32. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thine self, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thy mouth. Why? Why? Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood, so the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. The news reporter is asking Elon Musk a question that presupposes the influence of advertising dollars to accomplish the censorship of ideas that the advertisers don't want being communicated. That's what he's doing. That's the wringing of the nose. That's the churning of the butter. That's the wrath bringing on strife. He is doing this. Bible tells him, if you've thought this, if you've done bad, if you have a wrong way of thinking, put your hand on your mouth. Watch this. Online, there was all of the criticism. There was advertisers. We even, we talked to Bob Iger I today. Hope stop. You hope, uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? This, notice right here. Notice right here. The guy is, so his job is to virtue signal. This is feminism also, by the way. L watch how he's, look how he's crossing his legs. Look how Elon's crossing his legs. Look at how the other guy's crossing his legs. You got feminism versus not feminism, right? So on the left side, this guy is saying virtue signaling stuff. He's, he's trying to posit and frame the question as though Elon, well, all these guys are attacking you. But what he's really doing, what he's really doing is he's giving Elon the opportunity to respond, um, you know, in a way that Elon can kind of be conciliatory. This is the guy on the left thinks that he's got Elon in a virtuous, he thinks he is using the moral high ground to put Elon in a position where he has to give deference to the advertisers that are calling for censorship. And the way that he's doing it is by poking at Elon, what he thinks Elon's motivations are, which is the profitability of Twitter. So the guy on the left has a perspective that the profitability of the corporation is Elon's ambition. That is the issue. The guy on the left presupposes the influence of money is what uh, drives people's behavior. Elon, on the, on the right, uh, in this case, doesn't 
have that or doesn't share that value. I'm not saying that he doesn't do things for financial gain or profit motive, and he may have a bigger play. I don't know. That's that's I'm I'm not stupid enough to not think that he's got a bigger play. He has said he wants X to be the controller of everything. But at the same time, Elon is denying this guy's premise and you watch. You watch, just watch. Leaving we talked to Bob Iger today. You hope don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What you you don't want them to advertise? You don't want them to, you don't want their money? You see how his idol is his money? Proverbs 32, remember. Proverbs 32, or excuse me, Proverbs 30, verse 32. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thine self, he's lifting himself up. He's supporting money as an idol. You don't want them to advertise? If Or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thine mouth. If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Look at the guy. He's speechless. He has no idea how to respond. His idol has just been rebuked. Now, now I mean, you know, conservative podcasters, political commentators would be like, yeah, they told him exactly what's up. But look at this. Do not miss. The man on the left is covering his mouth. His idol has been re- rebuked. His idol is just rebuked. You don't want them to advertise? You don't worship money? His job as the media guy is to play the the part of of advancing his worldview. He has thought evil. His worldview is evil, money. He's advancing this worldview. And Elon tells him to go screw himself. And he literally covers his mouth. He does not know how to respond. Beautiful. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob. Here in the audience. Well, yeah, the guy, the guy, the guy's just, huh? and he's just like, how, how do I? And and you would almost imagine in his head, he's got this. The the hamster wheels are spinning, where he's sitting here thinking, okay, this is a this is a clip. I, 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 how do I respond? How do I respond? He just said what we're not supposed to say. How did he do this? This is why I support Elon's deployment of the F word because it punches. It, 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 it shocks the system to where you can recognize, oh, there's a truth that was just levied. If people are coordinating to blackmail you for the content of speech, that means they don't value free speech. If they don't value free speech, but yet they've got a lot of money and a lot of influence, and this is what they do normally, isn't that what's going on on a large level all over the place? Bingo. Bingo. Amen. I want to direct your attention, if I may, to HumbleWB.Coffee. HumbleWB.Coffee, right there. Humble blend. There's other blends. you got Bible verses on the side. Portion of proceeds goes to mail out Bibles. It's air-roasted coffee. Delicious coffee. Straight from the, the coffee tree. Right? Cushion of air. Perfectly roasted. No additives. No preservatives. No flavoring. Exactly as God intended it. Which is unlike 99% of coffee roasters that take the bean, put it in a bucket, spin it around a fire, and then load it up with a bunch of stuff. Possibly carcinogens. I don't know. I'm not making any claims. 
Instead, Air Roasted Coffee is at HumbleWB.Coffee, HumbleWB.Coffee, Private Membership Association. You are invited to join. Amen. want to start, if I can, with, uh, if, if I can take this idea of the F word, freedom, and shift it back to America. Americans are being blackmailed. This is a graphic depicting the shipbuilding capacity of America. Right, um, and I should have credited where I get this U.S. News World Report. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I will follow up in my Telegram where I got this. But the number of large U.S. shipbuilders, the ability for us to manufacture these, has gone down. Now, of course, in 1953, uh, it's right after World War II, and so there was a robust opportunity for America to stretch its economic legs. But you have seen the effect of globalism. I would call globalism the blackmail of the American economy. By offshoring manufacturing, teaching through public school, public education, American kids to be gay and racist and America haters, and then to bring in millions of illegals to displace the work and the labor jobs that Americans were doing in this nation, they have trained Americans to not work, deprived Americans the industry of manufacturing, and now as a result of it, we are in a position where we aren't performing and aren't doing what we used to do. We are literally not as productive as we were 60 years ago. Now this is a big deal, also taking into consideration that we're paying more. This is a tweet put out by Nick Ballas. A new report shows the typical American household must spend an additional $11,434 annually just to maintain the same standard of living that enjoyed in the January of 2021. Another way of depicting this is that 80% of Americans, 80% of American households are in a worse financial position now than they were before the COVID pandemic hit. What you can do to keep your head above water. And it goes on all to say all sorts of things. Now, I will say that one of the best things you can do is to live local. Identify, and I, I spoke about this in the Live Local Field Manual. Maybe I need to start doing more content on that. But it's the idea that you identify all your local people buy in bulk, shorten your supply chains, figure out what you can do, go through your own phone, go through the contacts list of your own phone. And, and I spoke about this in chapter one of the field manual, but you identify people's talents, but you also identify people's needs. What are your skills? What are the people you know's skills? And start to see people in groups and clusters and networks as competence or skill generators. They are generating utilities of talent. Where has God put talent? Who are the people growing the tomatoes? Who are the people growing the, the fruit? Who are the ones that have the hogs? Who are the butchers that are able to chop them up? Who are the school teachers? Who are the people that are good with numbers? Who are the good people that are good with words? You have talent. You have opportunity. You don't need people to tell you how to do it. You need to recognize people as... Uh, repositories of gifts that God gives. Every person walking around is like a bank vault full of Jesus Christ's blessings. They have talent, they have personality, they have experience, they have the capacity to learn, the, the competence to do what it is that they're good at. So every person walking around is like a walking bank, just full of God's gifts, God's talents. When you start to recognize people as their value and their spiritual worth, you can start to understand that the wealth of this world is actually in the people. 
And when you see it in the people, you will start to build the communities. You will start to organize. You will start to do the things uh, and coordinate the efforts amongst the people that have the talents and the efforts to do these things. This was the predicate of the Live Local Field Manual. This is why we. This is why I spoke about the way that I spoke. But if more households are paying more money, that's just a riff. Maybe we'll return to that. More household, more households are are spending more money um, now than when they were in 2021. This is, I believe, standing in contrast. Remember the time whenever I told you about Guyana, I started talking to you about how. Uh, you know, there's going to be a fight in Guyana. Well, uh, if we go to our screen here, um, we go to our screen, we turn this off, and we blow this up. The U.S. Army Guyana Defense Forces Strengthened Partnership. This came out a couple days ago. The leadership of from the U.S. Army's uh, First Security Force Assistant Brigade, so an SFAB, an SFAB, a Security Force Assistance Brigade, is a new uh, emergence of the U.S. military whereby this team of, quote, experts go and teach, train, coach, and mentor host nation security forces or host nation, in this case, Guyana, increasing their competence and their capacity to do things. In other words, the way that I see this is this is a foot in the door between the U.S. military and Guyana. This is the infusion of the U.S. military into the leadership and the administration of the nation of Guyana. And I pointed this out a couple weeks ago because Guyana is uh, where 60% of the world's lithium is. It's a, it's a place where there's a lot of oil. And it has been recently, the rights to drill those places have recently been purchased by major oil companies in the United States. I have also said that Guyana doesn't have common law, which means that the people of Guyana don't actually own the property in Guyana. They don't own the minerals underneath their feet. Contrast that with the common law, you own everything underneath your feet and above to the sky. This means that if a plane flies over your uh, over your property, you can charge it a tax. If you drill underneath your feet and you hit oil, it's yours. So that's one of the blessings of the common law system and property rights, but the people in Guyana don't have them. Now, the reason why I bring this up is that if more Americans are spending money, if 80% if Amer of Americans are spending more money now just to have the same standard of living as then, but yet the American military is positioning itself to get a stronghold in the oil uh, and the resources of Guyana, doesn't that show that there is a foreign focus of resource um, positioning and exploitation, dare I say, instead of a domestic focus? Doesn't it show that our United States military is, is functioning as a brokering agent for other nations' resources? And instead of America outsourcing or instead of America exporting common law to train other nations to develop human rights, to develop uh, jurisprudence whereby individual rights is guarded and republics are formed, we spread democracy 
where our largest corporations get footholds in for the resource opportunities of foreign nations to the detriment of foreign peoples. And now it's happening while Americans here are paying out of pocket more money for the same crap that we were a couple years back. I hope that makes sense. I'm going to end with what we can do about it. I'm going to end with how to respond to this. I also, if, if I want to pivot, so you've got the U.S. military working for resource exploitation, what I'll call exploitation in Guyana. You have Americans paying more money for, for the same stuff uh, now as they did a couple years ago. But you also, have, and, I, and, I, and I showed you the shipyards, we're building fewer ships, we have, the few, we have a, a, a diminished capacity to manufacture deep water vessels, and so that is going to have a direct impact on water trade and naval routes and stuff like that. But then there's also this idea of our competence. And one of the ways that our competence is under attack is by this constant and incessant push for, for diversity, equity, and inclusion. One such industry as has been adversely impacted by DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, is the air traffic controllers. I'm gonna play for you a clip that's about two minutes long of an, uh, uh, of an American Airlines Airbus almost hitting in mid-air another plane by the fault of the air traffic controller. We'll give a commentary after this, but let's go ahead and run it. Turn left, heading 260, intercept right, localizer. Left 260, intercept localizer, good speed, 225. American 28, maintain 179, 60 meters, 19-1. American 28, 179, 60 meters, 19-1. 178, where's this Pilatus going? He's landing in parallel, American 28, 22, right. He is right above us, American 22. American 28, 1,780, American 
Now, of course, the reason why I play this is because this is crisis averted. The one pilot saw that he was directly under another plane and that they were coming together. And you saw from the graphic that the two graphics had literally merged. The two, um, what are they called? Uh, not Doppler, but like the, the two chorus black boxes. The two uh, things, the two graphic depictions of the two planes had merged. That's a no-no. You're, I mean, you're you're supposed to be separated by elevation and by, um, you know, and by like vector. Like, there's all sorts of ways you're supposed to be separated. Now, I speak about this from a competence perspective because in the push for a diversity, equity, inclusion, the FAA in June 8 of 2022, you can see here they launched a bid. FAA, Federal Administration, uh, Federal Aviation Administration launches, quote, BATC campaign, air traffic controller, to recruit next diverse generation of air traffic controllers. Today, the Federal Aviation Administration is launching BATC, a recruiting campaign to hire the next generation of air traffic controllers. The application window will be open nationwide from June 24 to 27 for all eligible citizens. Air traffic controllers are part of the FAA's fast-paced active team of 14,000 professionals in radar facilities and in air traffic control towers who keep the skies safe across the nation. They're the ones who keep the skies safe across the nation. Controllers have a tremendous responsibility handling on an average of 45,000 flights a day and more than 5,000 aircraft traversing the skies at once during peak times. And it goes on to talk about how they're going to be trying to do for stupid uh, diversity equity and inclusion stuff. Now, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Because these godless commie bullies are trying to destroy the country by foisting on other people their ideas that are stupid and don't work. Now, whether it's because they're purposefully doing it as a deconstruction method, let's take the competent air traffic controllers that don't have air collisions and infuse them with a bunch of people who aren't supposed to be there because they got black skin or they're homosexual or they want a kitty litter installed in the high tower while they're saying, meow, 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 air traffic controller. Whether it's a purposeful destruction like that or if it's just this idea that, well, Black people should be able to do it, or women should be able to do it, or homosexual, whatever it is. You're taking away the focus of competence, and you're trying to substitute it for whatever stupid superficial variable that you're doing. And this is really where there's a violation of, of intelligence, because you're taking what is experience, what is knowledge, what is application, which is wisdom. You're taking something that's valuable and you're dismissing it because there's a single variable that you attribute it to. You see, not you, but there's people that will say, um, you know, these godless commies, they'll say, well, that white man who's an air traffic controller, I mean, how many air traffic controllers do you think are white men? I don't know the numbers, but I would dare say more than 80%. Just a guess, just a guess. North of 80%, and that, that is just a wild speculation. At this point, before this article, before the push for DEI uh, measures and air traffic controllers, I have no idea. My guess is north of 80%. Now, you've got almost a mid-air collision coming on the heels of the FAA pushing for diversity hires to air traffic controls. 
And you want to know why Jaron doesn't want to fly. Another part is that the UN is asking Americans to pay more for beef. Or ask it's a set call for Americans to reduce meat consumption. United States Food and Agricultural Organization, United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization, is planning to release a first-of-its-kind report taking aim at the, quote, overconsumption of meat in the West. These people are godless commies. And the only response to them, the only response that I can think of, is for people to switch to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. There is the Riverbend Ranch. The link is in the description below. There is the Riverbend Ranch direct order to home option. You've got beef, which is grass-fed, never vaccinated. These are not commie cows. You've got the rib and uh, ribeye bundle. You have the smoker's bundle. You have the filet and sirloin bundle. And then lastly, you've got the New York strip bundle. These are available this is beef delivered right to your door. It's never vaccinated. It's grass-fed, grass-finished, private owners. Uh, it's not going to be commie cows, so you don't have to worry about them uh, going to foreigners and getting those cows chopped up by people that ain't Americans or along with cows that were born in some other foreign country. And there's the cost savings. It's the cheapest uh, steak option that you have, steak in a bo box option that you have. It's cheaper than Snake River, cheaper than Double Double R Ranch, Omaha Steaks, and Butcher Box. That is the Riverbend Ranch, and that's available if you sign up at PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. God bless. Now, I want to shift because we've been talking about blackmail. We've been talking about the F word, the power of the F word. Started with Elon telling people to go pound sand with uh, money influencing and being the motive for how he does things for free speech and how I believe uh, God is using that position to indict and repudiate, rebuke the idol of money. Then we came back to America and we said that there's a uh, manufacturing gap, there's an industrial hole where people aren't manufacturing deep water vessels. There's the godless push for diversity, equity, inclusion in our air traffic controllers, which is making it more dangerous. Then you also have the American military that is wedging itself into the resource-rich uh, Guyana nation, which is on the north northern part of South America. All of this stuff is a form of blackmail, right? The military isn't securing America. The military is getting a foothold for the military-industrial complex. The... Um, the globalists that have the corporations are not only censoring free speech, but they're also influxing a bunch of illegals in order to uh, wage suppress Americans. And that's translating into Americans paying more money for stuff. Well, lo and behold, now we have another COVID called Disease X. I don't even think I'm going to be able to make it through the whole clip. So we'll start until I get frustrated. Well, could the next pandemic make the height of the COVID-19 outbreak look mild? That's what some experts are predicting for what's being called disease X. All right, that's enough. I don't want to, like, the minute, uh, the clip is literally like, how long is it? How long is this clip? Well, could the next Two minutes. That clip is two minutes long. I don't want to listen to it. It goes on to some stupid godless commie. Look at this. I haven't made that commitment to really fully protect the American people. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't want to hear it. I don't. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to talk about it. It's stupid. It's dumb. It's gay. Um, they're going to use scientists. And let, let me look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Well, the next He's uh, shut up. 
He's uh, this guy's driving around. He's on the move. He's in the car. Look at how he's going to go investigate some stupid guy from Baylor University. This guy peddled the pandemic. This guy was pushing the vaccines, and now they're trotting him out again to talk about disease X. And some people are even focused on the fact that it's going against. It's like a. It's like a child. It's it's like a virus that 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 targets children. It's a respiratory virus that targets children. This is garbage. This is stupid. This is coming out of China again. And I'm not going to say don't comply. I'm going to say stand on truth. Stand on your rights. Enforce the Constitution against these people. Bring them out into the public and tell them what the law is. If I can, if I can touch on that briefly and then I'll get into my point. The more people who know what the truth is, the more the truth is known. I know that sounds cliche, but really slow down and think about it. When people ask, Jaron, you're going to send notice and affidavit, but how do we enforce it? Recognize that you probably just learned what the law was. And if you just learned it, don't ask how to enforce it. Tell other people what the law is. And the more people who know the law will know that when the not law is being done, they will know that that is wrong. And so by no guns or bullets or tanks or nothing, people in their brain and in their heart start living differently because they know the truth. This is a spiritual thing. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. And it, you know, really investigate it. If you're going to say, well, how do we enforce it? Do you think that the COVID things are being enforced today? Or do you think that people were just so cowardly that they put masks on their faces and they went along with it? Now, me in my case, I had cops show up. Did they draw their guns? No. And this is where we really have to think about what we believe affecting how we behave. When you ask, well, how do we enforce it? Did you ask yourself the question, did you just figure out what the law was? Did someone just tell you the truth? Because if you just learned the truth, why don't you tell other people? And the more people who believe the truth and know the truth, they'll be able to look at the people who aren't doing it and say, you're doing wrong. And as that happens, people will start to get back to what's true and will start to say what's true will tell us what to do with things. Had some uh, somebody on the other day on a Telegram uh, thing that was saying, we need our grand juries. And I was like, amen, <laughs> amen. When you read what people did with the grand juries back during the, the, the Reformation days, back during the common law days, it's massive. It's massive what grand juries did. But do you know the law enough to prosecute the people by a grand jury? And this one lady was like, yeah, yeah, choose me as a member of the grand jury. Well, you've already just shown that you don't know what grand juries are because a grand jury, by definition, can't be selected to the individual. It's, it's pulling from a pool of people anonymously so as not to taint the grand jury. Because if you taint the grand jury, you undermine the entire concept of the grand jury. Which shows that if people don't know what the law is, but they say something that sounds good because it speaks to what they want, then they're not actually validating with what's true. They're just saying stuff in order to get people to want what they want. And this is why alternative law movements don't work and they have no movement 
because it's just a bunch of people saying stuff that sounds cool but isn't true. And so you create your own little community of people that have your own language, state nationals, where you're all saying your own thing but there's no movement and you you run away from government. Government doesn't respond to you and government hammers you whenever they get you uh, you know, in a controversy because you aren't actually standing on what's true. You're saying stuff in your pride in the community that sounds cool that you want to be true, but you don't know it's true because it ain't. So that was a little riff, but let's, let's, let's go to this. China's falling. China's reordering. This is from Yahoo Finance a couple days ago. I, you know, I shouldn't, you know, it's off, off track, off track. China's share of the global economy is falling most since Mao Zedong and the historic turn could reorder the world. The point here is that China is not rich. It's falling apart. It's falling apart. And it's falling apart. Why? Despite expectations for a blowout rebound, China's share will fall further in 2023, hitting 17%. There's that number again, our algorithm. That puts China on pace for a two-year drop of 1.4 percentage points, a slide not seen since the 1960s or 70s, when Mao Zedong presided over a weak economy. The reason why I bring this up is that if you recognize how people are doing things, you can see how they are using and pursuing motivations. See, whereas the advertisers were being rug pulled from Elon and Elon told them to go pound sand, China is also seeing its bad economy and is doing something in response. This is a Chinese minister being welcomed at a South Korean uh, situation or a South Korean meeting where the South Korean for the first time is speaking Mandarin to the Chinese official. I will explain why China came to South Korea, why South Korea is speaking in Mandarin after this. All right, for the for the people who don't speak Mandarin, uh, let me explain. Whenever he says ping pong chong ping pong ping wong, China is coming to South Korea. Try to do that with a straight face. China is coming to South Korea um, because of the destabilizing military situation. Ration. Uh, I can't even talk. As Rush Limbaugh, God rest his soul, because he's in heaven, because he believed the gospel. The Norks are actually using and gathering their military. North Korean moves troops and heavy weapons to South Korea border after breakdown of military pack. President Trump, because he's the greatest president in my lifetime, had a Korean uh, defense uh, agreement whereby people would demilitarize the demilitarized zone. And now you have the Norks that are rebuilding their guard posts. The Norks are repositioning their heavy artillery close to the border. The Norks are moving their tanks and their armies and everything else closer towards the border of South Korea. Now, if you don't know the geography of South Korea, that the city of Seoul, the nation's capital, is well within the heavy, long-ranged artillery of the Norks. So the Norks, from the comfort of North Korea, can shoot barrages of missiles and artillery into Seoul, South Korea, which has millions of people in it, right? And to, to make matters worse, there's uh, bases, American military bases, 
not to make matters worse, but to, to show that the military is positioned as a tripwire, there are only 50,000 American troops in Korea that obviously couldn't stop any invasion of the North. And so why does China, who is failing, right? If China's economy is failing, why is China going to South Korea? I believe in order to make the Asian orbit pull away from the United States. And why would South Korea, which has anchored and been America's foothold into that portion of the East, why is it entertaining in Mandarin a meeting with a Chinese military official? It's because American military is not in a position to help South Korea anymore. And so China is looking at its bad economy, flexing, and I wouldn't put it past the Chinese to tell the Norks to put pressure on South Korea so South Korea could meet with the Chinese, so the Chinese could pull South Korea further away from the American orbit because China also wants Taiwan. You see how all that's working? You see how all that, all that connects to each other? Shift, if you can, to, to Ireland. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in Ireland. For starters, the Irish politicians hate the Irish. Here is an Irish politician speaking about passing legislation to limit and censor hate speech, which doesn't exist. The, the government is addressing the extremist content online like hate speech and incitement to violence and Commission Naman is Ireland's new online safety and media regulator and will also be joint regulator along with the European Commission for the EU Digital Services. Yeah, 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 she continues. Who cares? It's feminism. We got to be safe. Can't hurt people's feelings. We got to regulate online content. Here's another legislator that was literally saying the Irish government is colluding with social media platforms, except for X. Watch this. I spoke to a detective uh, in Pier Street on Saturday who was actively engaged with the social media companies throughout Thursday. Who was actively engaged with TikTok, actively engaged with Meta, so Instagram and Facebook, who was actively engaged with Twitter or X. She said very clearly that social media companies, in particular TikTok and Meta, they were responding, they were engaging with Gardaí, and they were taking down these vile posts as they came up. X were not. X were not. They didn't engage. They did not fulfill their own community standards. And that is why... She's complaining about, uh, well, censorship. Now, of course, there is another Irish politician who's, who's pleading and imploring with people, don't connect the increase in crime with the increase of all these immigrants from not Ireland. Watch this. Just finally in relation to um, the terrible events that, that, that occurred on Parnell Square uh, on Thursday, you know, I, I really would ask people to, to try and avoid um, connecting uh, crime with migration. Um, it's not right. Um, yes, of course, um, people who are migrants uh, might commit crimes, uh, just as people who aren't commit crimes. Uh, in a country of 5.3 million people, if you have hundreds of thousands of migrants, there are going to be a few of them. Uh, yeah, that's it, it's it, this is ugh. these people are speed running the leftist, globalist, anti-Christ, nation destabilizing, pro-immigration, virtue signaling, gaslighting, feminist laden garbage that's been done on Americans for the last couple of decades. Ireland seems to have just taken a Red Bull and says, hold me beer. And just, they're freaking going for it, bro. Not to mention the fact that there is, so last week, a five-year-old girl and other people in Ireland were stabbed by a dude who was an immigrant. 
Last night, last night, there was a guy yelling Aluhu Akbar trying to stab people in an Irish post office. Well, Jared, you don't know that for sure. Okay, well, here's the video. No. <laughs> here's the video. I didn't clip in the uh, the audio, so let me let me clip in the audio. Go ahead. No! So that's an immigrant, a Muslim, with a knife in an Irish post office, still holding the knife, yell, you know, the, yelling the Allahu Akbar wants to stab people. And yet you've got Irish politicians calling it hate speech when people point that out. You have Irish politicians working with social media companies in order to censor the people who call it out. You have Irish politicians saying, well, hold on, guys. Don't say that an that a immigrant doing violence is the same thing as you know everything. Don't, don't link the increase in violence with the immigrants because there's a lot of immigrants and some immigrants are bad. Well, hold on now. It's true that there will be people who commit crimes. But if you have zero immigrants, you don't have any immigrants doing crimes. So if the immigrants who don't exist in your nation, if, if they're not in your nation, they can't do crimes in your nation. So when someone who permits mass migration to a nation, when an immigrant does violence in that nation, if someone comes along and says, well, hold on guys, Irish people do crimes too. You're dis you're you're overlooking the fact that you just open the borders and it's not even borders. You put them on boats. Ireland's an island. You put them on boats to get them there. These are self these are nation killing policies. In Spain, you have people outlawing the rosary. Now, I'm not a Catholic, so I don't play pray the rosary. I don't think it actually has any meaning, but you have Catholics that pray the rosary. It is now outlawed to pray the rosary, right? You've got people that are, you know, outlawing the rosary. Now think about this, because this guy has a good take. Alec the Bar Alaric, the barbarian. I don't think these people understand what they're doing. This will birth a movement that makes the Inquisition, even as the black legend presents it, look tame. The idea, of course, that the Spanish Inquisition launched by the Catholic Church against its religious enemies was vicious, uh, you know, and comprehensive in many cases. That this idea that you're going to tell people that they can't, uh, you know, recite the pray the rosary or they can't sing or they can't have their own religious uh, beliefs, um, I, I believe that they should be able to have their own religious beliefs. But keep in mind that that's a Christian concept, by the way. That's a, that's a Christian value. You can't you can't take religious liberty, religious tolerance, and separate it from Christianity. That's a Christian idea. So let's just let's just keep that in mind. Which is not the same thing as saying the Catholic Church. Those two things are separate. But you have people that want to celebrate and worship to their, to their conscience. And they're not allowing to do it. These are Spanish Catholics singing outlawed tunes. Not on outlawed pipes. Here in Spain. Watch this.
Yeah, that's um, that's illegal in Spain. My whole point for bringing this up is that there's a way to respond to people being blackmailed. There's a way to respond to the world coming after you. There's a way to respond to tyranny and oppression, uh, to lawlessness, to viciousness, to godlessness. I tweeted this morning um, my take. Organize yourselves locally, not digitally. Don't charter as a group. Use only Christ as the foundation. Strong supply lines. Meeting without internet devices. Pen and paper. Knock the neighbor's door and get started building community so Christians govern like it should be. That's a basic concept. It's live local. It's get in the trenches. See the whites of other people's eyes. Do not mistake. I support. I appreciate you supporting me. I appreciate you sharing my content, which is an invitation. Uh, I appreciate you telling other people about me. I do. Uh, this is how you know I support my family, how I do those things. Do not mistake what I do for the local congregation, the local church. The local church is the way that Christians should be organizing. I am part of a local church where I live. I am in normal fellowship and under spiritual discipline of qualified biblical men, and, and I'm in fellowship with other families. I do not mistake what I do on the internet for the local congregation, and I would encourage you to not do the same thing as well. At the same time, what you do needs to be using the talents that God has given you for his glory. That might mean that you cut back in places financially. It, mean, it might mean that you don't have a relationship with people that you've had relationships with. It might mean that you say hard things based from the Bible with love to people that have never been told the truth. It might mean that if someone says, well, the Bible says to freely give, you should give me your content. You should give me your time. You should give me these things. The Bible says those who don't work don't eat. And so if, if people are saying that they're repenting, but they're not actually doing thing in, in conjunction with repentance, don't hurt them with the love that God is trying to discipline them by interceding on their behalf before they have demonstrated fruit that is worthy of repentance. So if someone is saying, if they're using words to say, well, I'm trying to do something, I'm trying to do stuff, but they haven't shown the actions, don't try to rescue them of themselves. They've got to feel the pain till they recognize what they are doing is wrong. I believe if I can cast a judgment, I believe one of the judgments on the American, the modern American society is that we will say something and attribute that to us doing something. And it's not the same thing. Whenever I say live local, if you haven't recognized or if you haven't gone to the, to the farmer to see the cow, to eat the cow, to shake his hand and say, what do I got to do to eat half of that cow? How much does it cost? Do you put vaccines in it? If you haven't gone to someone with a physical Bible, someone was telling me that they were reading a Bible app. And I'm like, get the physical Bible. Because if the Bible app gets reprogrammed by someone who hates Jesus and changes the way that the words are presented, if you've got yourself a physical, literal Bible, they can't change those words unless you got the wrong types of Bibles. I would do KJV. I would do NKJV. That's that's how I would. That's that's what I believe. Uh, of course, that's not a breaking issue, and of course, people are going to get mad at that. But 
whatever. Um, it, it, take the specific steps. Well, you know what? You know, I, I was parenting one of my children. And this child is getting of the age to where he's becoming a man. Very independent. Uh, has his own ideas. Uh, starting to, you know, like a young deer with antlers. He's like rubbing it up against the tree to figure out, you know, how far he can go and, 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 and to push and do these things. And I told him the other day, because we homeschool, I told him a couple weeks ago, I said, it may be the case where you are weird and awkward socially because we homeschool you. And I said, that is a risk that your mom and I understood when we did this because we wanted to care more about your heart and the diligence of your studies and anchor everything to the Bible than we cared about your integration into society. And I thought about that. And really what happened is that I believe that my conscience punched me while I was sleeping. And I woke up and I was convicted. And I went to him the next morning and I told him, I'm sorry. I told you that you will be socially awkward. That is dad speaking bad things into your head. I don't want to frame things like that. So what I did was I said, you're not supposed to fit into society. You're supposed to serve Jesus. You're supposed to orient your time, talents, opportunities, and everything to what the king wants. And if you are social, socially awkward, to him be the glory. If you have friends, to him be the glory. But I did a bad thing as a father by speaking something that was negatively framed that was really an indictment on what you know uh, my wife and I had, had decided as a parents to to parent our children. And I said that was wrong. And what I did, so I said so I said that to my son and then I repented and I apologized and I told my son that I was wrong. That's repentance. It's changing the way it's it's recognizing what you did was wrong, understanding the truth of it and then taking actions to make it right, which is including apologizing and telling people that what you did was wrong and departing from it. But if our culture doesn't do that, if Christians don't do that, we're not modeling righteousness. We're not modeling repentance. We're not actually repenting. I can't, to use this scenario, actually have repented and not told my son things that were bad if I didn't tell him, son, what I told you was bad. Now here's what's good. Don't believe what I said because I was wrong. That's what repentance is. It's not repentance for me to have told him you're going to be socially awkward and then me realize, wow, you know, he, I shouldn't have said that and then let it die right there. If I don't take action, I didn't actually repent. I didn't actually do anything. But the cost is that it, it, it required me to tell him, my son, I'm wrong. I ask your forgiveness. I repent. My thinking was to tell, I was trying to think, I want to instruct you of a barrier, of a burden that you will carry. But that was me looking out for him. What it was actually doing, it was it was burdening him because it was training him to think of it like it was a burden. I was hurting him while I was trying to help him. And so I had to realize that I was wrong, apologize, repent, and now I can do it differently.
So if you are doing your live local, if you are in fellowship with your family or your local congregation, if you're reading your Bible, if you're trying to do the common law stuff, if you're trying to serve notice and affidavit, if you don't recognize what you know or what you are doing is wrong, if that's the case, and you don't take action on it, then you're not actually repenting. If you're asking me, well, Jaron, here's all the stuff that's going on. Do something. Well, I don't know. Your problem is your problem. Your problem is not my problem, right? If it takes time for me to learn, it's going to take time for you to learn. I will help, but I'm not going to do it. This is this is where you have your rights. You stand on your rights. I have mine. I stand on mine. We have been coddled to the position where any discomfort or any pain we we immediately look for someone to solve it for us when the pain and the, and the discomfort and the tribulation is what God is using to break us of our sin and our folly and our bad beliefs and it's not until we lay prostrate and say I'm 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 done like I don't have anything give me the knowledge give me the wisdom show me what you want me to do that's the point where you'll start to say, oh, I have this attitude? Gone. Oh, I hold this belief about government? Gone. Oh, I have this interpretation of the Bible? Gone. Oh, my pastor told me this? Gone. You let the Bible tell you what to think, and you do everything that you do for Christ. And that because we're imperfect, because I'm a sinner, because I will mess up, we treat one another with love and in grace while making sure that we're t actively taking steps to follow Christ. So we don't tell people, hey, I'm following Christ, but you got to do this for me. No, you're not, you're not do anything, not out of obligation. I'm to love you and to serve you and to help you because that's how I love Christ. But in our day right now, I'm telling you, the thing that we do the worst is the expectation of how other people are supposed to help us. The expectation that whenever we feel pain, that we take care of it. Whether it's by drugs and pharmaceuticals, or it's some type of just let me watch you know, something on TV and entertain myself to forget about the world. We, we seek that instant, immediate gratification, that escapism away from the reality, when the truth is that God wants us present in that pain so he can conquer it. But we have to investigate why we're in that pain. How did we get to there? That takes a lot of work. That takes discipline. That ain't fun. That sucks. That hurts. And that's why it's rare. But that's also why it's necessary. I am confident. I am optimistic that Christians, Christians' best days are ahead of them. Especially in this nation. Because we have had so much pain and we are seeing so many things fall and collapse. Politicians, champions, institutions, biblical interpretations, methods of, of doing things, expectations of prosperity, uh, the immediate gratification of I ask, therefore I receive. We are going through a fundamental return to origin. And I think, it's, I think it's amazing, it's painful, it's a blessing, and it's an opportunity. 
I did it whenever I'm looking at my children and I'm saying I have been selfish and I'm telling them things that I think will hurt them, which is actually training them to think about things in ways that will actually hurt them. I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. I need to think through how what I say influences generations, which is hard because there's times I want a gut response and be dad on the spot. Well, if dad is supposed to be leading my children who are really, you know, little men and a little little woman, I need to think through the generational implications of that and and make sure that what I'm saying is tracking to what the Bible's saying and not cursing them and and teaching their brains, um, training their brains to think of things in terms of negativity and how things are a burden. No, if things are a burden, you give it to Jesus. Folks, of course, none of this matters if it's not going to be for for the gospel. The gospel is how you're saved. I just start, you know, I was just talking about some psychology and some some philosophy, some life coaching stuff. But if you don't know Christ, you're going to go to hell. You're a sinner, and you're going to go to hell. You believe the gospel so that Jesus, whenever he died on the cross, he shed his blood. You receive the benefit of that. You don't receive his gift of salvation if you don't trust him to have given you the gift of salvation. So if you don't trust in him, he's not going to give it to you. And if he don't give you the gift of salvation, then you take on to yourself the burden and the, the, the wages of your sin. You will die as I will die because we have sinned. And when we go to our creator, we will stand in judgment. God will look at us and he will either see Jesus because we believe the gospel and Jesus took our place and Jesus gave us a robe of righteousness as though we lived his life or God looks at us and he sees us and he's got a perfect accounting of every single thing that we've done against him. And when we say, but God, we did really good things. We cast out demons in your name and we prophesied in your name and we did all these things in your name. He's going to say, yeah, I didn't know you, you worker of iniquity. Get out. And then weeping and gnashing of, a, of teeth for eternity. I don't want that for anybody. There's a lot of people I don't like. There's a lot of people I really don't like. But I don't want hell for anybody. Hell scares me. Christ scares me. He is a fearful yeah, he, he, it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. I do not want to be under his judgment. I am scared. I am scared of God when I go against him because I know his standard is perfection. And if I have sin that I have not repented of, woe unto me if I'm not repenting. Woe unto me if I think, oh, no, it's fine. It's just, just flimp it. No, no. I need to bring and come low and bring it to Jesus. But that requires me believe the gospel. You don't get the benefit of Jesus unless you believe in Jesus. Believe the death, the burial, the resurrection, and you will be born again. You will go to heaven, and that is the good news. And then you're now fighting for Christ. You're warring for him. You're always on offense. And whenever it's the few times that you're being attacked, you stand firm in the faith, you pray, you read the Bible, and God will give you the deliverance. That might not look the way that you think it will look, but it will always be in a way that glorifies him. Amen.
believe the gospel. Friends, the best way that you can help me to support the ministry here and the stuff that I do is at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. This is a daily live stream that is orienting the news, making the news of the day bow to the king. That's my mission. That's what I do. I try to show methodologies. I try to walk people through how to think and how to get ideas and bring them back to Jesus. I try to do that in a way that educates and informs of the news of the day, but ultimately always pins it and returns it back to the Bible. If that encourages you, if that supports you, if that enlightens you, illuminates you, entertains you, inspires you, whatever else, the best way to support is to switch the shopping you're already doing to an American manufacturing company at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. I benefit by commission as people shop. That's the exchange. So no one pays me for advertising. I don't I don't receive any benefit until people have already done that. So it's a win-win-win option. You're taking your shopping, you're switching it to American manufacturing. It's going to require a new way of thinking about money, which we're in a different way of doing things. And so there's that there, and I'll be willing to talk to you, or someone with me will be willing to talk to you about how that looks and how you can think through it. Uh, my wife, who does all the shopping for us, uh, she says that there's ways that she has saved money. Uh, it requires creativity, requires some thought, because we've been trained to go to Walmart and Costco and Amazon. Uh, but it's a blessing to me, it's a blessing to my family, and it's a blessing to the people that have done it. That is patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. I am Jaren Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Ever, ever, ever. Go to war.